wink, wakey, wakey, grab some bacon and a cup of coffee, sit down, and get ready for some pro wrestling punditry. It's me, the managing editor of Wrestling Inc., Nick Houseman, back for another episode of The Winkly. And as I am almost every Tuesday, I am joined here today by Michael Weissman. Michael, welcome back to The Winkly. I appreciate that. Listen, it is Tuesday, which means it is the second day of the work week. So that's what it is. It Today is, is Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It is Tuesday. And uh, I like that. You know, we're, we're a little, we start the week a little bit later. We don't have a Monday show yet, which means that here on Tuesday, you get five days worth of news. And man, it has been a busy couple days here in the world of pro wrestling. Of course, there's always the AEW Impact and ROH stuff, but we'd also had Fastlane and Monday Night Raw. Before we get to all of the goings-on in the world of pro wrestling, I wanted to take a second here at the top of the show to congratulate friend of the show, previous Winkley guest, Booker T, and his brother Stevie Ray as Harlem Heat are going into the WWE Hall of Fame. I'm very happy for these two. Stevie is an awesome guy. Uh, For those of you that used to uh, listen to live audio wrestling, which has now largely become post-wrestling, Stevie Stevie would call in to that show just to, like, talk wrestling. And I always thought that was very, very cool. Of course, Booker T is the man. I am from the Houston area, as are these two. Uh, Harlem Heat was great. Ten-time WCW champions. Um, Anything you'd like to say about Harlem Heat going into the Hall of Fame, Michael? Obviously a deserved tag team. Obviously, Booker T, everybody knows Booker T, but I think the bigger get here, Stevie Ray, right? Mm-hmm. You know Stevie Ray, if you followed the business for a long time, he kind of fell off in popularity and, and knowledge base as much with the general audience after the end of WCW. So I am glad to see Stevie Ray get his due here because, again, Harlem Heat was, if you watched wrestling in the 90s, Ooh. they were one of the premier tag teams. So kudos to both men, but especially, again, Stevie Ray, very deserved here. And, and the drama, Stevie, he became NWO and Booker's like, what are you doing, <laughs> right? Yep. But they stayed yep. brothers, you know? Yep. Uh, all right. Well, congratulations to them. Also today, uh, we got two big interviews. I'm, I'm still backlogging interviews, so you're getting them two at a time. I don't know. This may be a permanent fixture, two interviews per show. We'll see how it keeps going. Uh, but two great interviews to start this uh, week off with. We've got Pat McAfee, the uh, NXT TakeOver, or NXT, yeah, NXT TakeOver kickoff panelist, former NFL star uh, Pat McAfee uh, will be here today. It's a pretty good interview. I, I, you know, we have a good time. I'm going to just tease that at one point, Pat and I, we start singing OAR together. You know? Mm. Mm. It's great. I'm going to assume Pat McAfee, no relationship to John McAfee, antivirus extraordinaire. No, no, no. I don't think so. <laughs> I think their names are pronounced the same, though. Also, it should be... McAfee. A... You're right. You're right. Yeah, McAfee. McAfee. Um, trust me. The, the interview starts with me blowing his name and him having to correct me, which is... I was actually going to edit it out. But now that I've said I did it, I'm going to include it. You can, you can. <laughs> pulling back the curtain here, dude. That's the number one rule. If you screw it up, you fix it. Well, and then you don't let anybody else hear that. No, no. I'm I'm a I'm a comedian. I'm self-deprecating. If I if I screwed up, I'll call it out. It's funnier that way. So um, while I did blow his name at the top, there's obviously a lot of chemistry with Pat and I, and I think you guys are going to enjoy this interview quite a bit. Um, and uh, also on the show today, we are going to have the real ROH World Champion Matt Taven. Matt and I uh, talked about his upcoming shot at the current Ring of Honor World Champion, Jay Lethal, this Friday at ROH's 17th anniversary. A chance for Matt to no longer just have to call himself the real ROH World Champion, which he feels he is deserved. He is now, he could now undisputedly be the ROH World Champion this Friday, heading into MSG as, as the World Champion, you know? Oh, yeah. That'll be a, a good match, and that's a... That's a um... Fun interview. Yeah, Pat McAfee and Matt Taven, both here on the show 
today. All right, well, enough of the plugs out of the way. Let's get to it. Uh, before we get to Fastlane and Raw, I thought that there was a bigger story here we should address first. And this is, of course, a story that involves the comings and goings of WWE superstars. Uh, now, Wrestling Observer is reporting that AJ Styles' current deal with WWE expires in April, the same month as WrestleMania. Uh, he has reportedly told friends, I'm going to resign with WWE. Hasn't yet. And AEW is not expecting AJ to sign with them. But if he doesn't sign with WWE, of course there would be interest. Now, before we get to AJ Styles, I want to pair that with the other report. The PW Insider is reporting that Gallows and Anderson, the club, have reportedly turned down new multi-million dollar offers from WWE to re-sign. Uh, recently, it was reported their deals expire in September 2019, which is a couple months after. Uh, they are coming to WWE TV tapings right now, but they're only being used on non-televised events. Uh, the word is they are determined to continue their careers outside of WWE, and the Observer also noted uh, that the Usos have also yet to re-sign. So AJ Styles, Gallows, and Anderson, as a block, could free up here in the next couple months. That's that's very intriguing, Michael. It's it's so interesting now. 2019, professional wrestling, the comings and goings of talent, where they are signing, are they going to re-sign? I mean, it's always been a big deal, but it's such a bigger deal with AEW looming in the background that, I mean, again, we're kicking the show off talking about huge names potentially going elsewhere. Say what you will about the way Gallows and Anderson have been used. They are huge names in their own right, potentially going elsewhere because of, the opportunities now afforded by there being true competition to WWE. So it, it, it's super interesting. You know, I look at AJ Styles here and I think he's probably going to resign. You hear him talk about the way he's been used in WWE in recent years, kind of like a, it was the, the kind of the capstone of everything he's accomplished in professional wrestling, coming to WWE, being the face of a promotion for them in SmackDown for so long, winning a world championship, having great feuds. AJ Styles is such a perfect fit here. I would assume just a little bit of this is posturing for a better deal. If you've watched the network specials about AJ Styles, he's often said he'd like a little bit more time off the road to spend with his family. Sure. So I don't see him going anywhere else. However, it's interesting. With, the story with Orton though, man, right? Like there's a little bit of truth in everything WWE's doing right now. Yeah, there is. Right. And then I would also say too, you have Gallows and Anderson here looking to go elsewhere and, and knowing how tight they are with AJ Styles, having been on the road together for so long, you got to wonder if they're not working on him just a little bit and saying, look, we can take, we can take the club to AEW and make a huge impact. Yeah, you've done WWE. You've done that for a few years now. You're set up. Let's go make a splash somewhere else. So uh, it, it makes sense for Gallison Anderson, AJ Styles. He could still be technically pulled away with the right, you know, kind of right offer. Well, but here's the thing. Now, I, I'm with you. Um, in the in, in AEW could be an option. But I don't think AEW is the only option here right now. Because the AEW guys are Omega, the Bucks, um, Cody, those are not BC, I mean, except for the Bucks. These aren't BCOG, right? And AJ, a, AJ Gallows and Anderson, that that trio with the the current Bullet Club, which is still around and is doing well, they'll have the, their block party block party WrestleMania weekend. Let's not pretend that New Japan doesn't have money too, right? The reports about Jericho making a hundred grand per match, right? These guys, there's offers out there, and it's really you know you get to a point where you've made a lot of money. How much money do you need? Where are you going to be happy? You know, these guys all were very happy in Japan. I don't know if that would also be a, a spot that would, you know, entertain them. If that, that they would entertain is, is going back to New Japan, you know? I think Gallison Anderson here could definitely show up there. It makes a lot of sense for them. I, I see AJ Styles as the kind of guy, though, who wants to spend less time away from home. Now, 
maybe he gets a sweetheart deal. He goes over to New Japan in a, a Chris Jericho-style return. But I don't think AJ Styles wants to spend months overseas doing New Japan work, which is why I think AEW would be a fit. Again, he's more likely to still sign with WWE. Uh, but Galson Anderson, for sure. for And they were used much, much better there than anything WWE's done with them in recent years. Yeah. So, you know, very, very interesting that, uh, you know, it does look like Gallows and Anderson are on their way out. I think the same. I think the Usos will stay. I find it hard to believe that they would they would leave the WWE umbrella. And uh, AJ. Yeah. You know, AJ seems like he's in a good spot right now, too. You know, he's he's at a point in his career where, you know, realistically, I mean, how, how much longer do you think AJ Styles goes at the level he's going right now? Three years, right? Four years. I think I think he's gonna not pack it up entirely, but he's what forty four now. And and WWE has been good to AJ Styles by yeah. all accounts. You know, after years, he's forty one. So yeah. I'd say give him to about forty four as a full time competitor, and then maybe he starts doing fewer appearances and, and more specialty events. So yes, I think Gallows and Anderson, New Japan or AEW for sure. Uh, AJ, I think, and the Usos would be with WWE, but anything can happen. We have no idea what's happening behind closed doors. All right. Let's the get... Usos would be great. Here's, here's the thing about it, okay, right? People ahead. always yes. overlook the Usos. They're one of the best tag teams in the world, right? And I'm not saying they are the best, but they are in that upper echelon, especially for WWE. But if they went to someplace like AEW, imagine the feuds they could have over there. It'd be incredible. Uh, all right. Let's get to the stuff we can see in front of the curtain. Some stuff that happened on our TVs here during Fastlane and Raw. We'll start with Fastlane. Uh, first bit of news coming out of Fastlane was the Shane McMahon heel turn on The Miz. I thought this was very well done. The crowd wants to hate Shane McMahon right now. And um, I, I just loved it. I can't wait to see what happens with these two. What did you think of how Shane turned there, Mike? Dug it, dug it. Again, the Miz's dad is the worst human being of all time. He kept encouraging his son to take uh, countless risks for the sake of uh, a job, essentially. And then when Shane beat the crap out of him at first, he just stood there and looked dumb, right? But Shane McMahon looked fantastic here. I love the heat on him. I love how much they built up the Miz as a baby face and, and how well that seems to be working, right? It's a very a playoff of what they've done in the past in a very different way. So this should be a fun feud heading into Mania. It's one of those better told stories that I had my doubts about originally. So I dig it. Yeah, ditto. And I think they're holding off on Miz's dad uh, getting beat down. I'd like that they didn't pull the trigger and just go full uh, thermonuclear heat with this and, you know, have him also beat down Miz's dad. Cause where do you go? There's still some things that they could do here uh, to keep the tension rising going into the mania in three weeks. It's going to be great. I'm excited. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, uh, Vincent, Miz's dad. I'm going to get that. I'm going to get to see that <laughs> dynamic and I cannot wait. Um, Kofi Kingston, um, was, it was teased he was going to join, uh, in the, the world title match, uh, with a triple threat match, but instead it was Mustafa Ali who got added to the triple threat match, thought Ali looked great, no, no expectation of a win there from him, but Kofi, uh, got placed in a handicap match against the bar and was just beaten down. Um, I know, I believe you were tweeting some thoughts about this, uh, it's, it, it wasn't what the fans wanted to see, maybe, uh, uh, intentional here, what'd you make of this? I dug it, right? There are some sections of Twitter that seem to very much hate this entire thing, but the Kofi Kingston play here to me makes sense. He is the babyface. He should be going on the chase. That's the classic wrestling booking here. So to see that tease, hey, we're going to add him in, right? Huh? We're going to put him in a match. And it turns out to be this beatdown. You know, yeah, the fans were saying this is boring, but that was the point. They WWE, Vince McMahon, they're tiring out the fans with this to make it so that when Kofi achieves this, he really accomplishes something. The only thing I'll say on the other side of that is if Kofi Kingston gets pulled from this match, why did Mustafa Ali, the babyface, get added back in at the last minute? I think it was 
Mustafa Ali earned his spot in that match. Definitely got the fans behind him. But WWE did him no favors with this booking. It should have just been Look, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens. Vince has found a really messed up, like, uh, love. He found a very messed up middle ground in his life where he's like, if I do a bad thing, I have to do a good thing. <laughs> Right, like, or a half-hearted good thing. Right? right, right. He's he's found he's coming to like that Scrooge part of his life where he's reflecting on things. He's realizing if I do bad things all the time, then people are really gonna not like me. But if I do bad things some of the time and good things others, maybe I can confuse my fan base. You know, I don't know. Is that why he's bringing back the XFL because he feels like he did a bad thing in the past and he needs to atone for it now? Yes, it's, it's we're going through the reflective part of the Vince McMahon cycle right now. Um, Once you hit seventy, man, it all becomes existential crisis after existential crisis, right? Um, Beth Phoenix, <laughs> we got so much to get to here. I gotta keep moving. Beth Phoenix got beat. That was a great transition, by the way. Good job. Thanks. Just, just start. Beth Phoenix beat down, got beat down by Nia Jackson Tamina after Nia and Tamina lost to Bailey and Sasha. Um, this would, you know, Natalia came out, tried to help Beth, got beaten down. It looks like now uh, Beth and Natty maybe getting mixed, uh, getting into the mix here, the tag division, or, or would you like to see something else done with Be uh, Beth? Or do you think they're going somewhere else? It seems like they are doing the tag route. I like that a lot better than what I feared originally, which was a Beth Phoenix, Nia Jax one-on-one -on -one match. I think you can use Beth in some really interesting ways if she does come back, but this is a pretty good fit for a, a pretty to get more women on the card and make these tag team championships feel even specialer. If that's a word, right? Specialer. It is. B Beth Phoenix being in here in a legends match with Natalia, her and Natalia would make a great team. And, and I can see them using this in a, a pretty creative way. So I like it overall. Yeah, yes. And I think we're going to have a piece uh, this week uh, on the site, uh, looking at other possible feuds for Beth Phoenix. Now that she's back, right? Like it looks like yep. we're going to start off on the tag picture here, but you know, once she's got her feet wet, she's back in the groove is familiar with the roster a little bit. There's a lot of great matches you can have with Beth Phoenix right now that'll, that'll feel special, you know? I think I think she needs, right, bring her back for this match. Give her one solid final run in WWE, and there's a lot you can do with that where the women's division is right now. Ronda Rousey. Let's, you know what, I'll start with the other Ronda stuff, uh, and then we'll get to what happened at, at Fastlane. <laughs> so Ronda last week put out her own YouTube video, Road to Ronda Mania or something like that. And in, during it, she's getting her hair done. And she goes on this expletive, expletive written rant about how she went off script on Monday Night Raw and how wrestling is fake and how she's going to legitimately go after Becky Lynch and, and try to hurt her. Uh, that, so that in itself really seemed to rankle a lot of wrestling fans that, that Ronda, you know, calling wrestling fake. Now, here we have her at Fastlane running out at the finish of the uh, match between Charlotte and Becky, dressed like Hulk Hogan from the uh, late 90s, and he and she levels Becky, costs her the DQ, or gives her the DQ win, and the crowd is like, well, we don't like you, we like what you just did, but we don't like you. Um, and then, of course, on Raw last night, Ronda came out and cut what I thought was supposed to be a 10-minute promo that she did in about 90 seconds. So, <laughs> so uh, that, you know, I, wasn't, I just threw it all together. There it is. That's all the Ronda stuff. That's what happened. I mean, what do you make of this, like, five-day crazy story arc here of Ronda just turning? She's a heel now, right? She's yeah. It's been guy. so weird since last week, right, since they did the heel turn the way they did it. And we've been building towards something different here anyway. I love the I, I'm going to assume it's still being produced by WWE. Right. But I do love the off um, off kilter kind of behind the scenes. Ronda Rousey just talking trash about everybody. I think that's interesting. I Ditto. think it's much more interesting, especially as a heel, 
than even what she did last night. And what she did last night was fine. I hate seeing her throw down the mic in such an intentional way. It feels very forced. Uh, and again, she seems to be yelling everything at the crowd in this weirdly aggressive yet also kind of whiny type way. Yes. Not terrible last night. But it was it's too strange. fast. No, that she needed to breathe on, yeah. on Raw because there were lines that were written that I could tell were written with the intent of her taking a couple seconds to let the crowd boo, chant, whatever, and she just rolled right through them. Didn't even give the crowd a chance to react, you know? Yeah, she she's just kind of still, again, right, tweaking some promo work there. But that's why I like the other stuff she did over the weekend, especially if it's WWE sanctioned, because it feels different. I love all the reactions, too, from the rest of the WWE roster, right? It's, it's, it's interesting. It's unique. But why did she help Becky? If she doesn't give a crap about the WWE Universe, if she doesn't give a crap about Becky Lynch— why would she help her get into the match? And and she just punched her a few times and walked away, right? Like, Dude, it, she's, it's illogical. She's been taking notes from Vince. Vince is like, before you become an old man like me, Rhonda, I want you to understand. You can do bad things, but sometimes you have to do a good thing to set the universe <laughs> right. It's just, again, this, my nitpickiness here is this storyline, this feud is taking so many weird turns. Whenever I think the Ronda Rousey heel turn was the right choice. But I wish that just keep it simple, stupid, right? That's that's all I want from this. They should have turned Ronda heel when they boot her in the confrontation with uh, Becky a, a couple weeks ago. Remember, it was obvious. Yep. And yep. and instead, they had Becky come out the next week, apologize to the authority, and try to get Ronda back to to being a somewhat liked. I mean, they yeah. try. They you cannot tell me they didn't try to make Ronda likable. It failed, and now she's a heel. Like you, you should. They should have from the get go followed that momentum this whole thing could have made a lot more sense the dynamics could have been a lot more clear now you know i was i was getting on the hook and now again i'm confused you know and according to what the observer says here i think it was you know there's a, a yeah the observer expect more twists expect more twists mike more <laughs> what else what are we gonna fire somebody else again somebody else is gonna resign I, you know what, what else could happen here oscar's probably feeling left out maybe she inserts herself into this match fatal four-way you know yeah i hope please i hope not now here's let's lose focus here though wwe did pick ronda rousey to be a heel even though they did try to pull back against that they leaned into it finally and finally. so at least they're reacting to what the fans are giving them and i do appreciate that little bit of change from wwe ronda i don't i don't i mean i, I really wonder how like upset ronda is it's like people don't like me why i'm very <laughs> i'm very very likable i just I'm, i have no idea why you people don't get it how likable i am i am a very likable person you know uh, that's 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 exactly how she comes across on tv too is just i why don't you what why, i'm gonna whine about this now so you know, and that's the thing is if you ever took a theater class, it's like the best villains are always they're always desperately trying to do good or feel they are very liked. Right. You have to come at it from a perspective when you play a bad guy like that of, you know, in their head, they're doing good. It's weird. She reminds me of the opposite. Have you seen uh, what is the movie with the minions? The Despicable Me, right? Okay. Steve Steve Carell's character in that movie is a good guy trying to do bad, right? Mm -hmm. And she reminds me of the opposite of that, a bad guy trying to do good. Yeah. And despite all of her efforts, everything she does comes across as bad. Guys, I don't get it. Why don't you all like me? I'm a very likable person. Come over <laughs> to my house. We'll play Scrabble, but you better lose. <laughs> All right. Uh, Move over to. Oh, wait. Last thing from Fastlane. Shad Gaspard from Crime Time was backstage at Fastlane. And um, 
you know, crime time. I don't think you could bring crime time, crime time as it was back into the fold of WWE right now. But what do I know? I would like to see those guys back. They were very entertaining. Uh, JTG is one of my, um, you know, all time uh, gimmick favorites. Right. So just, where is JTG? Nobody knows. I Listen. Crime time. You could do that, right? It's, no. it's a little bit racist, a little it's bit insensitive, racist. but it works, right? It's very racist. It's very racist. Here's a couple black guys that rob stuff, rob people all the time. <laughs> From Brooklyn. Yep. From go. Brooklyn. No, I, I'd bring them back. Maybe they went to college or something, and they came back, and they're like, we have gotten our lives together, and we have got some social justice reform we'd like to institute here. In Did WWE. you ever read JTG's autobiography? <laughs> I've... I've I've read some, I've read excerpts, right? I've read the experts, excerpts that have made their way into the stories I've had to read and write about, but I have not, I know they're all, I know they're not long. I know they're full of yep. interesting insight about yep. Orton and Cena and things. I mean, it's no Shakespeare, but I highly encourage you go read JT. I don't even know if you can find it. I have an old copy lying around from a preview or whatever, but highly encourage it. <laughs> go okay. read it. Uh, all right. We'll move over to raw now. Um, news coming out of Raw. Bobby Lashley, now the IC champion. Uh, you know, he took the title from Balor here. It would seem to put... Here's here's the best thing about this. More heels getting heat going into Mania, right? There was a lot of talk here in the top from Fascinating about people doing despicable things to get heat. I'm fine with it. Bobby Lashley winning the IC title, great. Uh, this should hopefully give Balor something to chase, and yeah. maybe we get the, the demon then at, at Mania, and, it, and it's all for the better, right? I do. I do think this is the right call because Fowler should or Balor should be going after Bobby Lashley for the title. I thought it was weird when they gave it to him a few weeks ago. I even hope maybe Balor goes after it. And he doesn't win it. Right. He doesn't. Finn Balor doesn't need this icy title. I think Bobby Lashley needs it much more than, than Balor does at this point. Yeah. And, and, Bal and Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush are really growing into a very entertaining duo. And uh, I don't think they should be cut off. I don't think that momentum should be cut off anytime too, anytime soon. These two are great together. And I kind of like the the dynamic here where Leo Rush is kind of the abused manager who keeps coming back for more. I think it really says a lot about Bobby Lashley and, 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 and Leo Rush, too. It makes Leo Rush almost sympathetic in light of how mean and bully-like Bobby Lashley is. So it, it works for me. Remember when they brought back Albert, but he was uh... – he was like a Japanese monster now. Yeah, he was he was Lord Tenzai. Tenzai. And he had the the guy who came out with him for the first couple months and he'd always just oh, beat yeah. him. He'd always just trash him, you know? It didn't work oh. with Tenzai, but it's gonna work here with Lashley and Leo right. Rush. Yeah. Well that was back in the era too, whenever they they debuted wrestlers by having them just attack John Cena and that was how they got guys over. So got it. Uh, Alexa Bliss came out, did her moment of bliss, and announced that she is going to be the host of WrestleMania. Um, you know, if you, you, you got to get Alexa on the card somehow, she'll be a great host, I'm sure. Uh, surprising that, you know, it does sound like she's cleared. I don't know why she's not in the women's mix, the women's title mix, to be honest. It's great that she's going to be doing this, but don't we already have the guys from SNL doing? I mean, I guess they're not technically they're correspondence. hosts. correspondence. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. We need host correspondence. We need, you know, people to open up the elevators for the the. You what is this, right? Yeah. Everybody gets on the card. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I maybe there maybe have they have plans for Alexa after Mania where they're like we're going to refresh up the women's division and make Alexa focus again. That's about the the best I can you know rationalize in my head. She'll be a great host. Just surprised she's not wrestling right now. Um, Kurt Angle also announced on Raw that he is going to be having his retirement match at WrestleMania. Uh, after that, he took on Apollo Crews in front of his uh, hometown there of uh, Pittsburgh. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle, John Cena, Kurt Angle, The Undertaker. You know, those are the two. I mean, it sounds like Cena will be with Samoa Joe, so so maybe Taker. Maybe this is the Taker match. 
Yeah, I don't like it. I would much rather, again, John Cena, Samoa Joe, I dig the hell out of that. But John Cena, Kurt Angle, to bring Kurt Angle's career to kind of a close in that right sunset kind of way, I would love it. And that would be a fantastic feud if you set it up the correct way. I, I, do, I don't know, man. Like, I thought about that where I was like, yeah, you know, Kurt Angle, Cena would be would be great. But I really think that Cena, Joe sounds like it's going to be, you know, this is the kind of thing I'd like to see Joe in. And Undertaker? Being the one to to dig the grave and, and throw Kurt Angle's career into it, I, it makes you know, you know, if you're gonna. But go that out, match will be hot garbage, though. <laughs> well, it, look, dude, I don't want to say that the Apollo Cruz match was bad, but Kurt move like I hate. I feel bad saying this, and I'm gonna say it because I I have to I have to be transparent. <laughs> but Kurt reminded me of George the Animal Steel on Monday yeah. Night Raw a little bit with the way he was hunched and you kind of had the hairy shoulders and the bald head and. Uh, you know, it's not it's not the Kurt Angle I remember here. And so if you're going to do one final thing here, I'm not going to expect Kurt to go out and have a, a five-star classic like he did with Shawn Michaels at, you know, I think it was WrestleMania 25. But if you're going to do something fun, big, memorable, I don't know that there's any better way to go out than, you know, maybe this could be the, the dual retirement here with, with Undertaker going into the sunset with him. I don't know. But I, I do think there's a way to do it with those two that would, would be engaging and appropriate. One final time, Kurt Angle goes head-to-head with Jeff Jarrett for control of TNA. Let's do it. Oh Let's God. make it happen. Oh, God. I took I took what was supposed to be a fun thing, and you made it. I think what, now you've pissed him off. All right, Dixie anyway. Carter in one man's corner. Dixie Rev. Karen Angle in the other one. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. Uh, we also had uh, – We all. You, you, here's the thing, Mike. I want, you to give, I want you to give me what I want. You dig that idea now. Come on. Admit Mike, it. Mike. Give me what I want, Michael. <laughs> Guitar on a pole match. Book it. No, Michael. I want you to give me what I want, Michael. I'm trying, man. I'm doing my best. It's Tuesday. So that was how Batista set up his no-holds-barred match at WrestleMania with Triple H. Do you remember that? Did you get what I was doing? No, did not. I uh, liked it, though. It was good. It was a good transition. It worked Bat- for you. Look, Batista came across. Look, I, I don't know. Triple H seemed perturbed that Batista did not get to the point that he was supposed to be calling him out for mania. Batista said no less than five or six times, give me what I want. And Triple H was like, what do you want? And he's like, give me what I want. And Triple H was like, Dave, this is getting a little long in the tooth here. Did you drink backstage? What's going on here right now? Um, yeah, I don't know. What did you make of this? I, I, I liked honestly, it. Yeah, you liked it? You thought I it was good? Dug it. No, it's it's weird, but Batista's weird. leaning into this, like, too good for pro wrestling. I just want to beat the crap out of Triple H kind of character. Yeah. He had all the, the bodyguards. He's totally Hollywood. He's wearing sunglasses. It's working for me in this weird way. I, I, Triple H maybe shouldn't be. A, I don't know. It's just it's working. They're making it kind of they're pulling through with it. I, I liked it. I'll give it. I'll give it. I'll let this play out. I'm going to I'm not going to lie. Like, as far as, like, emotionally compelling, invested, not there. This is more of, I don't want to say, I don't want to say I'm rubbernecking, right? Looking at this, like, wondering what's going on. But I'm, I'm certainly not on the hook emotionally quite there for these two yet, you know? It's so much better than Blue Tea stuff. Yes, I agree. So much better. Well, yes, agreed. All right, uh, lastly here coming out of Raw uh, and uh, in Fastlane, it was teased that Braun Strowman is going to confront Michael Che. Uh, Braun Strowman flipped. Uh, Michael Che and Colin Jost. Uh, Braun Strowman flipped a car that Colin Jost gave him in the parking lot uh, from on behalf of Saturday Night Live. I, this is going to be great. I have nothing else to say. I love this. This is awesome. Yep. Braun Strowman is going to show up on, on Weekend Update this weekend, I hope, and just trash the set. 
Nicholas in, in hand. Maybe they have a tag team match at WrestleMania. <sighs> I don't know that they're going to go. I, you know, I hope they keep Braun about as scary as possible. I hope he literally, like, I hope people, I hope we get an Andy Kaufman type thing on Sunday morning where people are genuinely concerned for Colin Joe's health. You know what I mean? This is going to be Braun Strowman chasing these guys all over the arena at WrestleMania, and it should be an ongoing fun gimmick for the show. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. We talked all the Ronda stuff. Uh, here was something. I watched Total Bellas and Total Divas. I don't know if you do or not, but I was watching Total Bellas this weekend, and at the very end of it, Brie Bella announced officially her retirement from pro wrestling, saying she's going to have another kid with Dane O'Brien. They're going to start a family. Uh, it is teased in the episode that Nikki's not happy about this at all. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, interesting. Now Nikki Bella on her way. Is this a, it, I don't, I don't know. They haven't been really using her. I don't get it. I don't know what's going on with Nikki in wrestling right now. Just to clarify, I've been on Total Bellas. I do not watch <laughs> Total Bellas. Okay, let's just get that out of the way. No, it seems like Nikki is focused on her family. I like that. Whatever, or, or Brie is focused on her family. I should say I like that. Whatever's going on here with storyline-wise, Total Bellas, whatever. I don't know where Nikki is. It, it does feel weird that she's not been used much more since Evolution, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I would I would tell you to watch Total Bellas. This coming Sunday's episode will feature the coverage of Evolution. Like what happened with Nikki? Maybe we'll find out. Maybe there's a reason she's not around WWE right now. Maybe Artemis requires too much of her time on the road as a traveling ballroom dancer. <laughs> I mean, you don't listen to this podcast every week after we record. It's the exact same thing. I'm on Total Bell. I don't need to watch Total Bellas. Um, once, once two years ago, I should. Uh, also, another update on another uh, female in the WWE universe, uh, JoJo. Uh, her website clarified via their Twitter account. So not JoJo's Twitter account. The website for JoJo, JoJo's website's Twitter uh, revealed that she is done with WWE for now. Mike Rome is handling announcing. This is a private matter. She won't be commenting any further. So there you go. For everybody who's wondering what's up with JoJo, she's not around right now. End of thought. Uh, WFF, I've never heard of this outlet, did an uh, did an interview with Roman Reigns where he said he'd like to face Seth Rollins at WrestleMania next year. Of course, it was teased on Raw that I guess Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre could be the direction they're going with uh, this year. And also, is Dean Ambrose? We didn't even talk about this, but Dean Ambrose got laid out at the end. It, was that the was that the swan song for Dean Ambrose yep. on Monday Night Raw? It seemed like it was. He became very sympathetic on his way out. WWE wants to keep those ties strong and make him look good, but it also does give Drew the segue to start feuding with Roman, and I love this. This is a fantastic place to go. Drew needs a spotlight match. He's a big guy. He can go in the ring. Roman Reigns is a spotlight match. This is one of those classic, no championships, just very personal. I want to see some great promo work from both of these guys. I think it, I think it could be a sleeper hit for WrestleMania. Yeah, and I, what a great way for Dean to go out. That exchange he had with Triple H backstage just before the uh, the no DQ match. He's like, I want a no DQ falls count anywhere, and Triple H is like, I dig it. Best of luck to you in your future endeavors. And then he walked away. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the best they've made Dean look in literally in about a year or two, right? So maybe before his injury, he looks, he looked legit last night. He looked great. It was in his character. So, but, but they didn't have the main event planned until that, that segment too. What were you going to do the last 15 minutes of all, right? Yeah. Uh, also in the world of Roman Reigns, uh, his cousin, Nia Jax got very upset. Uh, I don't know if you heard fellow uh, wrestling journalists over the weekend, Dave Meltzer, uh, said, uh, made some comments on the Observer Radio, uh, I guess kind of questioning Roman's description of his treatment and uh, and recovery, and Nia Jax just went off on him and told him to go F himself. Phil, you know, Dave, Dave. Well, and, and, and I'm not going to, I want to defend Dave here because, again, that can be dangerous this day and age. There is a certain level of 
pro wrestling fandom that likes to try to divide journalism and journalists and everything like that, right? Mm-hmm. As pundits, as people who are investigating things, people are going to ask questions. I think Dave's big problem here is he says things and the worst. I think he's a little bit people ignorant and that when he says things in certain ways, <laughs> he wow. says them in the worst possible way. And, um, he, you know, you need to work on that if you're going to be asking these questions in public forums because it does come across in, 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 in bad ways. On the other hand, uh, I'm, I'm pretty much over professional wrestlers going after journalists in the way they have in recent years. I don't, you know, that's just me personally. There's a middle ground here, guys. We should all get along in some way, shape, and form. And wow. fans who look to divide journalists, I don't care who you support. It's not a good look for you either. Oh, sorry. I was going to start doing the uh, Star Spangled Banner underneath you. I felt like you were having a real, <laughs> I thought you were having a real Bluto from Animal House moment there. That is my, that is my soapbox, and I'm going to stick to it. <laughs> good. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, Dave has to, Dave has to fill a lot of time on the radio, and I, I read true. comments like this sometimes. And I'm just like, you know, sometimes your brain goes numb. You say you put your foot in your mouth. So. Um, glad Dave has since, by the way, uh, walked back uh, the comments that he was called out for. So, you know, it's not like he wasn't repentant for what he said. And um, it wasn't like he said either that he did not think Roman Reigns had leukemia. Let's just right. clarify that. Keep it in context. He just questioned some of the ways and treatment methodology that Roman was using. That's, right. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Luke Harper returned uh, Saturday's WWE live event in Rochester, New York. Um, Luke is back. He was kind of dressed as like a combo of the Bludgeon Brothers. He had the Bludgeon Brothers jacket, but he was wearing like the Luke Harper clothes with the jeans and the shirt. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's weird. Uh, uh, but anyway, glad to see Luke back. He hasn't been brought back on TV yet. I'm sure that he just kind of came out and was like, here's, here's my gimmick. Here's what I'm doing tonight. And they're like, whatever, man. <laughs> like, what do I night. got in my bag back here? Let me see. Mm, got a, got a wife beater. Got a, a coat. All right, let's do this thing. <laughs> Alligator rolls all around. All right. Uh, wrestling. Pro Wrestling Sheet is reporting that Lars Sullivan is doing much better now. He has sought, uh, he sought professional uh, help for a health, a mental health issue uh, back in January of this year. There's no word at this time if he's going if he's going to return to WWE. Um, so s- sending our best to Lars. Still not a clar- lot of clarification about what's going on there, but I hope he does what's best for him. This you know stuff can be kind of scary. Um, and, um, you know, everything like that. Uh, WWE signed uh, three new superstars uh, over the weekend. Uh, Robbie E., officially in the fold of the Performance Center. Stokely Hathaway, one of the best managers slash wrestlers uh, on the independent scene. Now he's under the WWE fold. And uh, second-generation star Wayne Bloom, son of Bo Beverly of the Beverly Brothers, I believe. Um, no Wayne, less so here. But, man, Robbie E., finally. This guy's going <laughs> to... I don't know if I don't know if they'll ever move him to the main roster or not, but this guy's about to tear it up in NXT. Robbie E is ripe for NXT right now, as is Stokely. Wow, this is I mean, again, Robbie E was such a mainstay on Impact for so long and he had such a unique presence. I mean, he was based off of Jersey Shore, right? Like let's not get past that, <laughs> but he owned it in a way that he took it to another level. And I never thought back in watching him in Impact, I was like there is no way WWE would ever bring this guy on, but he has worked his ass off to get yeah. here. And he deserves this, and I hope they make his character. They just blow it out of the water because he could do some stuff with it, man. He and, really could. And Robbie E has, I mean, he's he's a bit of a crossover star, right? Amazing Race. I think he may have done Amazing Race twice. Don't quote me for gospel for that. But, I mean, he just recently did uh, The Rock's Titan Games as well. Yep. So, you know, Robbie E knows how to get himself some attention and, and work outside the box a bit here. He's going to be great. And knowing that Borash and Abyss and – Jeff Jarrett and all these guys are in creative. And speaking of uh, PW Insider reporting, Jeff Jarrett has joined the WWE creative time and a full-time executive 
level role, knowing that's the the crew of people backstage right now that know how to work with a Robbie E, it's going to be great, you know? I hope they use some of these guys to kind of make, in the future, make SmackDown feel even more special. I think you could kind of use different creative teams and make both shows even more unique. I'm not saying make it impact, but you could definitely pull out some of that and filter it through a WWE filter and do some really cool stuff with all this talent, all these producers, and and guys like Jeff Jarrett in the mix. Yeah, and Stokely Hathaway, you know, as great as he is a, a, a wrestler, you know, as a mouthpiece, you know, as a manager, this guy is incredible. And, yeah. you know, I hope that he gets paired up uh, with somebody or, or, or a tag team or something like that because he's such a great mouthpiece and he would be a great frontman for a stable or something like that. Two great additions. Again, I don't know Wayne. Wayne seems very, very tall, though, in the photo I saw. <laughs> so, he's got the Vince McMahon look. Are you big? All right, let's do it. He's very large, so I'm sure he will be treated well, especially with it not looking like Lars will be back in the picture here. Um, I did gloss over real real quickly here that Jeff has joined uh, WWE Creative full-time, uh, but another WWE Creative team member, Bruce Pritchard, uh, went on the road, I guess, on something to wrestle with. He talked about... Uh, an alleged affair he had with Stephanie McMahon that Jerry Lawler brought up years ago. Uh, at the time, Lawler was not with WWF. Uh, he had left with his wife, uh, Stacy uh, the Cat. And uh, at, the t- at the time, Bruce just said Lawler was in a bad place, and he made the comment, and he wanted to hurt people. It wasn't true. Bruce and Steph, both at the time, in relationships, having to deal with this, talked to their significant others. Bruce had kids at the time. Uh, so... You know, it sounded like it was a huge mess. Bruce set the the record straight here. So one more rumor and innuendo put to bed there by Bruce. This time about his own personal life. I felt bad for the guy having to say that, you know. It just reeks of it reeks of mid to late nineties dirt sheet <laughs> comments and stuff that all used to used to see this all the time in the pro wrestling news cycle. I'm glad we've moved away from this kind of personal vendetta kind of thing, but but glad that Bruce was able to uh, clear the air there. Uh, and lastly here, uh, in some AEW news, uh, they have announced the latest person, latest wrestler to join their over the budget battle royal, and it is none other than Ace Romero. Uh, I've seen Ace mostly at MLW, uh, but I know he's a big hit uh, all over the country at different indie shows. Very large man is Ace Romero. Uh, he had a viral video, uh, a, vi- a video go viral recently where he shoulder tackled a much smaller wrestler over the top rope out of the ring into the crowd or some crazy nonsense like that. So uh, great, great wrestler. Are you familiar? Are you familiar with Ace? No, I am not as familiar with Ace, so I like the name, though, Ace Romero. Gotta so. go gotta go find you some AC Romero. Go find him and uh, a Marco Stunt from MLW's Fusion a couple weeks ago. That was before Marco got injured, so I guess a couple months ago now. Um, really, Because Marco Stunt weighs, like, I don't know, 100, 100 pounds wet. Um, Ace Romero's, like, 350. It's, an incre- <laughs> it's incredible. It's very good. I know you'll enjoy it. Awesome. At this time, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show a former NFL player, a current panelist on the pre-show panels for NXT TakeOver events, and uh, one of the new spokespeople here for Natty Light's Natterdays campaign for their new strawberry beer. Um, It is Pat McAfee. Pat, welcome to the Winkley. McAfee, pretty close there, but I appreciate everything you said about it, and I'm honored to be here, brother, talking about Natterdays. Hopefully talking about a little sports entertainment and enjoying the hell out of the now, conversation, my brother. Now, here's the thing. I practiced that a dozen times, and I still screwed it up. It's because you have the MC and not the MAC. And it, like, am I the only one that blows it when I look at your name and see it completely different, even though I've heard it a dozen times? No, no. It happens literally all of the time. I guess the ruling is if it's a 
uh, vowel after the little C. It's pronounced as a map. I didn't make the rules, uh, oh. but it's completely acceptable okay. for people to say McAfee because that's what it looks like to me as well after <laughs> I've had a couple of adult pops. It's McAfee, though. No big deal. Not okay. a, not an issue at all, but Great. I can see where you're coming from completely. Great. Apologize. What a, what an awesome way to start the interview. Couldn't couldn't start it better. Uh, Pat, tell me about Natterdays. I just watched your Twitter video here about you and the sheriff and the goat drinking, playing golf, gambling. How did this come together? What is Natterdays, for those that don't know? The Natterdays are a... Uh, is a brand new beer launched by your friends from Natural Light. It's strawberry lemonade flavored. It's delightfully refreshing. Uh, it's not in replacement of the OG Natural Light. It's just a nice tag team partner. Uh, and for me, I was brought in by the Natural Light team, and they basically told me that the Natterdays brand is more than just a refreshing beer. Uh, it's also about an idea and a mantra that any day to become the greatest day of your life, which is basically what a natter day is, is yes. when a day becomes a day. And that's kind of my life motto as well. And I went to West Virginia University, and we are a natural light school, so it was just a perfect fit. And uh, the team from Natural Light had heard my story about going to that casino with arguably the greatest football player of all time and my life's becoming just an awesome one out of nowhere. And that's basically what a day, a natter day is, is when a day becomes a day. So it's literally just a perfect fit for both parties. And now I get a chance to enjoy and watch people enjoy the Flamingo Beautiful Can Natter Days on a regular basis. It's a beautiful thing. It's, it is beautiful. I'm a big beer drinker. I was drinking beer last night. I drank. I, is it okay if I call it Natty Light? I mean, I know it's natural light, but, you know, the slang version is Natty Light, correct? Well, listen, I, I, I am not from uh, the Anheuser-Busch Natural Light team, but we drink Natties at West Virginia. I love the old Natty Light. I'm on your train there. I think it is, we can definitely let Natty Light fly in this conversation for sure. Now, can I, can I drink the new beer? Can I ha- can, is the new beer, the Strawberry Lemonade beer, it, can I also still play beer pong with it? Because Natty Light was like our go-to when we were playing beer pong in college. It, it, well, Natty Light uh, is the go-to for most drinking games because it's just so smooth, you know, down yeah, the gulf. And absolutely. That's, the beer you're looking for whenever you're playing those games is something that tastes good and is smooth. The Natter Days is a very it, – it keeps the smooth uh, flavor and taste, but it, now it adds a little strawberry lemonade. So when the sun's out a little bit, I think it's going to be enjoyable for everybody. People have been loving it even in the snow, but I do believe it's going to crush – Spring and summertime even more. So if I'm you and you're playing a little beer pong uh, on the back patio, maybe it's a summer night, there's some music playing in the background, Ooh. whatever you like, country yeah. music, rock, rap, techno, whatever you're into, okay. you pour Natterdays in there, and I think it'll be the most delightful game you've ever played. I, I You know, you, you set the mood so well for me, Pat. You know, I'm right there. I'm throwing bags. I'm drinking this. I'm listening to, me, I'm listening to OAR because I'm a child of the 90s. And I'm having a good time, you know. I say, oh, you say, ah, uh, I say revolution, and you say, ja. Yeah. Oh, man. That was maybe the highlight yeah, of man. it. <laughs> I actually, That's good. Yeah, go ahead. I, um, when I went to West Virginia, we had a fall fest my freshman year. 
and the performers were OAR, and I had no idea who they were. Fast forward to like three years ago here at the Indy 500, OAR is performing. I got to intro them, meet them, and tell them that one of the greatest sights of my life kicked off my entire college experience. I was listening to them in the background, and I thanked them for that. They were very good people. Well, like you, OAR are also pro wrestling fans. I was shocked when I saw OAR pop up on WWE TV last year. You remember that? Uh, I I did not see the OAR uh, pop up, but I am enjoying, and it's always been this way, right? I mean, you think back, there's been celebrity appearances in the WWE forever. I mean, the president was part of a pretty big run there uh, in the WWE, the current president. Yeah. I just think WWE is something that everybody can enjoy. So that's why you see so many people that are fans. I mean, you watch Joseph and Michael Chase. Uh, on Monday night, now they're the WrestleMania correspondents. You can tell that they were into it, maybe not currently, but at least throughout their lives they were. It's because WWE is a unifier. Sports entertainment is something everybody can get behind, and I am enjoying that aspect of now getting to see behind the scenes a little bit. It's just uh, it's a really cool thing. Well, I'll start there. You know, as far as your WWE stuff goes, what surprised you the most when you got hired, you got in there, and you, you started working with WWE? Well, I always heard these stories that it's like a really hard place to work and it's like ruthless and everything's scripted and this and how heavy everything's scripted and everything you say, they're going to want to fact check and everything like that. And I got in there. Well, first of all, Michael Cole texting me saying from a rant, like I never met him before. I get a text that uh, you free to chat in like 10 minutes. This is Michael Cole. And I like watched, I was like, Michael Cole. Sure, man. And then I get on the phone with him and it's actually Michael Cole. It was, uh, it's all been a pretty surreal experience, but getting in there, they couldn't have been more hospitable to me. It's, it's, I heard a lot of horror stories about what it would be like to work in the sports entertainment business. And then now getting in there and seeing inside of it and seeing the, it's basically a family back there. Everybody knows everybody, everybody takes care of everybody. And everybody's been so nice to me. And they told me that, they just want me to be me. They don't, they don't tell me to say anything. They don't tell me to go any certain way. They just basically put me up there and say, whatever you want to say, go for it, brother. And I'm like, this is awesome. So now I just get to basically be myself, still be a fan, and get to create some content with them. It's like, for me, it's a, a dream come true and a dream scenario for me. It's interesting to hear you talk about how uh, WWE hasn't scripted you uh, because when you say that, I think about how recently Sam Roberts has drawn some heat uh, from the IWC about comments he made about Bianca Belair and Finn Balor on these pre-show panels. I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, some of Sam's comments here and how the internet reacts to him. Hey, that was an insane moment, wasn't it, when Sam did that? Was that was, <laughs> yeah. I was mind blown because Sam is always just like the, the super wrestling nerd, you know, super diehard, knows everything about everything. Super good, and then all of a sudden he comes out of nowhere. I did not know that that was happening. I did nothing of that was said before the show launched, so I was very surprised by that. And then uh, him getting into it a little bit with Booker T uh, at the, in the main rosters. I think it was the Elimination Chamber. That was awesome. I mean, Sam Roberts is becoming just as like awesome by like I enjoy that Sam Roberts is like really dialing in right now, drawing some attention. I would have. I don't agree with him. 
uh, with the things he says, but man, it feels like Sam Roberts is becoming quite a character right now. So you welcome this from Sam. You kind of like the you you like the courting of controversy. You think it maybe creates a, a better conversation on the panels? And I don't enjoy uh, that type of stuff myself. I enjoy making people happy, and hopefully, people enjoy it and kind of have a good time. But it's Sam. I mean, Sam's a very smart man. So if he's saying it, um, I think he's. I I think Sam. I enjoy when people do things. Okay? I, I think it's, I take everything from a, a standpoint of entertainment. And I think if he's drawing up hate on the internet and people are coming after him and conversations are being started because of it, I assume that's what he's looking to do. And for me, as a, a friend of Sam Roberts, kind of, I mean, I enjoy that. I just, I enjoy whenever people take stands and if they catch hell for it, that's on them. They made their bed, but. I enjoy listening to it. It was it came out of left field, and I think that's why I liked it probably even more. Um, now, I really like the panels a lot. I've always enjoyed Booker on them. I enjoy Coachman. I really like you on them because you bring a, a sense of gravitas, some real sportsmanship to those panels. What what does WWE want out of these pre-show panels? What kind of notes are you being given about what they're looking for? That's a great question. I I'm honestly told on there. Um, just, I follow NXT pretty obviously hardcore now because I have to talk about those things, but basically they just want me to talk from the sports and from a fan standpoint. And, uh, from me, they don't tell me any direction to go, just whatever I think is going to happen, mention it, whatever I'm thinking about a certain thing, go for it. I'm not exactly sure. I don't get, I'm not privy to the meetings of what they're looking for in the, the shows and the pre-shows and stuff like that. I assume that if they want me to be different, they'll tell me. And if it sucks, they'll fire me. And if it's not, I'll just keep doing my thing. I, I'm not a big into the. I think paralysis can cause anal- or analysis can cause paralysis sometimes. So I don't go in there m- with much uh, thought of what they're looking for, what they're not looking for. I'm just going to go be myself, which is what they're telling me to do. And if they hate it, they'll fire me. And if they don't, We'll just keep on moving and just keep enjoying it. Uh, now, you obviously you say you're digging in here on the NXT. You're watching all the time. I mean, first of all, when you were approached about this, you know, were you were you pitching to be on the NXT pre-show panels? Is this where you wanted to be, or did you have an idea of kind of what you wanted to be doing in WWE? No. So Michael Cole reached out to me. He called me. Uh, I got into NXT whenever they came. Uh, to Indianapolis, NXT Indy, uh, live event here in Indianapolis. That was really it. Because I, obviously now that I'm in the world a little bit, not fully, but a little bit, I start watching other things, New Japan, and you got the, the AEW thing kicking off and all these leagues and impact and all this stuff. I was always a big WWE guy. I only watch WWE. I don't want to say casual fan, but I would watch every Monday night I would watch SmackDown every single week, but I wouldn't dive into the full-on wrestling world, right? So did I know that NXT was creating big things and wreaking havoc down there? Yes, I knew of them because people would get caught up to the main roster, and I get to witness that. But then I went to that NXT indie show, the live show, and it was incredible. What what the women and men were willing to do, it, it, it was it was insanity. I, it was it was really cool, and it, it took me back to when I was a kid again, watching it for like the first time. Man, so I started diving in, watching NXT, and then I didn't get a call from anybody from WWE for a long time, and it wasn't like there was an active me seeking them out thing either. They called me after hearing I was at the NXT indie show, 
I shot a video on Adam because Adam Cole sent a message about me. I shot a video about Adam Cole. And then fast forward a couple months later, I get a call from Michael Cole. who's basically like, hey, are you an NXT fan? And I was like, yeah, I've actually been into it since they came to town because I was so impressed or whatever. And he was like, cool, you do our pre-show. And that's just kind of how it all started. It was, it was just, uh, just let's see how this first pre-show goes down in New Orleans. And then we'll bring it back. And then it was all like kind of feeling out. And then uh, we started befriending each other. And I started meeting more people. And it just kind of it grew into what it is today, which is I'm making content for them. That's really the only agreement is that I have to make content for them. I send videos over to them from Indianapolis. I make them with my editor. And if they like it, they'll post it. If they don't, they won't. And then I'm at pre-shows. And it's I have no idea what it's going to grow into because it's already grown so much from what it was originally supposed to be. Yeah. But I, I honestly have no clue. I'm just going to see what happens and hopefully help the company that helped me through so many times, which is the WWE. Hopefully I can help them uh, move into the forever stage. Yeah. And that's, that's all I'm trying to do is help the company. Yeah. Well then now forever, right? That is where we're at. We're in the forever stage. Um, physically. Um, now it's interesting because you've retired from football. You moved on to barstool sports. You have your radio show now. I mean, you're doing the NXT pre-show panels. It does seem like you're evolving into the next stage of your career. Do you see yourself in WWE evolving beyond the NXT pre-show panels? Do you have any other goals within the company? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously, I think that is every kid's dream, right? That watches uh, the WWE whenever they're growing up is to one day become a superstar or one day become a commentator on that. And I think maybe there's a chance for that in the future, both of those things, if, if the right opportunity pops up creatively or something like that. I think that's kind of where it's at. Is we're just kind of feeling it out, seeing what happens, seeing if I... They might try me out on some things if I do well, see if we can move that way. If I do this well, maybe move this way. It's just right now it's really just like a, we both want to do business with each other and we're just going to see what works, see what fits, see what they hate, see what they love, and then see what can grow. But, yeah, I have dreams and aspirations of of taking a, a stroll down the ramp in a very large pay-per-view setting. I mean, everybody has those dreams as a kid and – I think that'd be really cool, but who knows if I'm built for that? Who knows if I'm tough enough for that? It's just kind of all like, let's see what happens here. Well, and uh, hopefully hopefully I can end up in the WWE Hall of Fame someday. Have you have you started to test yourself? I mean, I'm sure you have access to the Performance Center. Have you gone down there and, and tried to roll around and do any of the training that the other superstars go through? So whenever I retired... Um, from the WWE, I had already purchased a wrestling ring. I bought a wrestling ring. I think it was like my third year in the league, maybe fourth year in the NFL. What? I had it built in my barn, didn't use it much except for at parties. Yeah, yeah, I have a wrestling ring in my house. And um, it's in my barn. I didn't use it much except for whenever we were partying and stuff like that. Whenever we'd have people over, everybody would want to get in. My friends' kids would want to get in there. It's a stiff ring. I mean, it was, I didn't, I didn't pay enough, obviously. It's a bit stiff, but. As soon as I retired, a guy named Rip Rogers, who used to train at OVW, still yeah. does training at OVW. The hustler. W, uh, I know Rip. Yeah. Back in the, yeah, Rip Rip lives like 10 minutes from my house. So uh, Rip and I started chit-chatting a little bit about professional wrestling, and I asked him if he'd come train me, and he would come to the barn, and him and Vaughn Lilas would train me like three, four times a week. 
just to see, A, it was to get me in shape, and B, to see if I ever wanted to do it, if I could do it or not. I was getting my ass kicked in there, getting chopped, having bruises on my chest, but I was having a blast with it. And I did that for like a month, month and a half. And then I got really busy and had to stop doing it. But I was enjoying it a lot, even though I was getting sore and getting my ass kicked in there. Man. Uh, so you say, I mean, obviously you have interest here. You talk about how you'd like to, to walk the ramp. You are in the world of NXT. I mean, is there a dream, an ideal NXT opponent that you'd like to tango with? Um. I just, you know, there's a guy that called me a dork for wearing George Smith, you know, mm. and he's a handsome guy. He's a handsome guy, but he's literally the reason I ended up going to NXT Indy, getting into NXT to begin with. And then he's the reason I got made fun of on the internet pretty heavily. I, Adam Cole is definitely a guy who I think is incredible on a microphone and in the ring and a guy that I would love. Uh, to see do very well. And then whenever that happens, get a chance to run down and, uh, you know, just a nice swift kick to the face. And it would be a good time. Uh, <laughs> another talent I wanted to ask you about uh, in NXT was uh, Ciampa. Now, uh, there's a lot of reports out right now that he is suffering from an injury, um, which would be horrible timing. Uh, if that is the case, I mean, can you talk a little bit about uh, the void that would be left, you think, in NXT at the moment if Ciampa was was not able to perform? Ciampa has become such an incredible... I mean, I don't know about become, but getting a chance to like watch from not only what he's doing in the ring at these pay-per-views and TV films, but backstage, too. He is incredible at what he does, man. He is... Um, hey, he's got the perfect look. That beard is such a gift that grizzly gray beard is so beautiful his body obviously chiseled up and what he's willing to do to put on a good show is just incredible i mean the nxt roster is filled filled with incredibly talented human beings but champa is uh him and goldie have such a good relationship because of his uh incredible abilities and Anybody that goes down or gets hurt, it's, as a fan, it's such, for me, it's sad because you get to miss out on a part of a show that you enjoy. Yeah. Obviously, the rest of the NXT talent will have to, uh, to pick up there and get, take their shot and their opportunity and run with it. But everybody will miss Ciampa if he's hurt. I have no idea, by the way. They tell me nothing. I wish I knew inside stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, another talent I want to ask you about was Matt Riddle. I'm a big Matt Riddle fan. Uh, you know, he's a dual sport athlete like you coming from MMA over here to pro wrestling now. Um, and he's saying that he would like to retire Brock Lesnar. Um, what do you think about that? Bro, um, I think it's awesome. I think it's incredible. I think the fact that the WWE social channels are posting it, too, is even yeah. better because that means... That that means that, you know, people are hearing it. People are seeing it. And I think the only way you really do anything in this world is if you put it out into the universe. If that's what the riddle bro, the original bro, wants to do and thinks he could do, I think it's awesome to put it out in the universe and see what can happen. Speak something into existence. Uh, that's a real thing. So I think it would be a match that I'm not sure how the fans would react to it. I, I, I'll be excited to see... Um, I'll be excited to see Brock and Seth because Seth is electric yeah. in the ring. I'll be excited to see that match. But I've been at a couple of these pay-per-views now where these 
the crowds are ready to turn on Brock before the match even starts. And that's, I mean, I guess that's perfect bad guy type thing, but Riddle seems to be a very talented individual and believable that he could potentially beat up Brock Lesnar. So that's, there's not many humans walking this earth that can say that because Brock is the alpha human of all time. And I think that's pretty well understood human out there. Man, uh, you must have stole that line from Heyman. Alpha human of all time. Great line. Um, the you know, NXT is no longer <laughs> NXT is no longer just like a North American uh, you know, sensation. You know, they've started to to go uh, global. There's now the NXT UK. What do you think about WWE strategy to kind of recreate the territory system, but on like a global level? I I love it because they're finding people that are are big time dreamers as well. Same type of dreams and visions as kids over here, always dreaming of being a sports entertainer and uh, being in the marquee and headline and main events and everything that the WWE offers. Uh, and now they're giving people real opportunity to to make their dreams come true, no matter where you're from. I think that's a I think it's a cool thing, and I think it's. Also, the WWE helping out uh, wrestling, the wrestling business. I mean, those schools that people come from. I mean, you listen to like Cassius Ono's story where he was training over in Europe for a little bit of cash so he could also teach classes. I mean, those classes uh, shape the future of the business. So whenever you're looking and leaving no stone unturned for potential superstars for anybody, whether it's WWE or any other business. I mean, I think that's good for everybody. It's good for the fans. It's good for everything. And obviously it's good for the kids around the world that have huge dreams with the WWE. Uh, it's interesting right now. Cause the NXT guys, you know, have, have gotten so popular. I mean, you know, it's funny. There was a, a football NXT crossover, right? Uh, I'll guess I'll segue a bit here. I mean, what did you think about the return of halftime heat? It seems like it was a big success. Over 3 million viewers. Uh, watch that. I mean, that's just, it's a, it's a brilliant idea. It's a brilliant idea because you got everybody who's looking for entertainment. Everybody's watching their TV. Everybody's engaged socially on their phones. Everybody is doing something, taking advantage of it. Whenever you might've seen a little bit of a weakness in a halftime performance, a potential halftime performance, and then having the greatest sports entertainers on earth put on a show I mean, I thought it was brilliant. I loved it. Anytime those NXT guys get to shine, I enjoy it because uh, I just love the product so much down there. Those dudes are electric, and I'm happy whenever the world gets a chance to see it. And I think seeing them more often is a good thing. Yeah, and there's obviously a bit of crossover with fans between football and pro wrestling. I mean, I've heard that you are right now uh, campaigning to join the Monday Night Football broadcast team. Is that correct? How is that going, by the way, your campaign? Uh, the campaign, I think the campaign did pretty good, you know. I, I have no idea if we'll get into the booth at all, but I think the campaign did okay. I got a great group of people that follow along with me on social media. I'm very lucky to have an incredible uh, follower base. And they went to work for me on Monday. They really did, pushing me for the Monday Night Football booth. Yep. That would be an insane opportunity if I got to do that. That is uh, something that is massive, obviously, in the football world. Uh, Monday Night Football is the Super Bowl each week, and they have an opportunity out there, and 
I mean, it was it was a pretty sweet little thing that happened on the internet. I don't think I'm going to get that gig. I mean, I think it's a long shot. Mm. But with I'd still be able to work with the WWE if I did, which is the coolest thing about it all because there's an non-exclusive uh, deal with the WWE. They want me to go and do stuff like this, and they want me just to continue to make content for the WWE. It would be a win-win, but... I am quite a long shot in there, although my followers on the internet did well for me. Well, I, I thought it was, I mean, it's obviously very cool. You know, you say that they want you to reach out and do that stuff, but let's not pretend here that the guy writing your checks for WWE right now, Vince McMahon, is not trying to launch his own football league right now, the XFL. I mean, <laughs> one, what do you think about Vince doing this? Do you think it can be competitive? And two, do you see yourself as maybe somehow being involved with the XFL, you know, when it does launch? So the AAFL launched currently in its first inaugural season right now. And uh, they offered me a commentating spot for their uh, league. And it was literally the day after I signed my deal with the WWE. Like I signed my deal with the WWE the day after the AAFL called. Well, it wasn't the AAFL, it was the TV uh, producer called me and asked me to be in their booth. And I said no, um, because I knew that the XFL would be launching in a year from now in the same season. So I didn't want to basically build up, well, not build up, but help launch a brand new league that would be in direct competition with the XFL in a year from now. Now, I'm not sure if that's how the XFL views the AASL or not, but uh, in my mind, that's what it was. And I think the XFL has a good chance. I think with the way sports gambling is coming to be and with the people they got running that league. And I think Vince does not want it to fail again. So a driven and determined Vince McMahon is something that is a force to be reckoned with. I think the world has seen that on numerous times. So I think the XFL is going to do well. If I'm a part of it, I have no idea. Uh, obviously, if I'm with the Monday Night Football booth, which is a long shot, but if I'm in there, I'm not sure if I could. But I'll be a fan of the XFL and uh, if they want me to do something, then I'd love to. Except for play. Not going to play. about done with that. But uh, everything else is pretty much fair game. What do you think the XFL, or not the XFL, what do you think the NFL is not doing right now that the XFL could capitalize on and uh, give football fans what they want that they're not getting elsewhere? I don't know. That's kind of like the AAFL is, I feel like the AAFL has been a sample or like a test on a few things for the NFL. Like, for instance, getting rid of the kickoffs, just having the ball at the 25 to kind of expedite the whole, whole process. That seems to be something that is working with the AAFL, and the fans watching don't even really notice that kickoff's missing. So I think they'll try different things to tweak the game a little bit here with the AAFL and see how it all goes. And then I think, honestly, the XFL, I think the engagement with the fans is something that could really help out. Obviously, there's going to be an active fan base with the XFL. Um, I think there's something you can do to be a little bit more engaged with your fans, but also self-awareness from a league is a big deal. If you can change something, tweak a rule to make it a much smoother thing instead of just being set in your ways, that's probably a good move too. Uh, but most importantly, you got to have good football. And I think that's what the league AAFL is currently suffering from and not really great football happening, so you got to get good coaches to do that. Uh, but I think if you can find a good alternative from the NFL for some good football, people are going to watch, and I think that's what uh, the XFL is looking to do. So yeah. We'll see. 
Yeah. Uh, I, by the way, I did not realize we'd been nearly talking half an hour, so I will try to uh, expedite uh, these last few questions here for you. Um, but uh, I, I did want to turn this back a little bit more to pro wrestling. Um, you know, with the NXT, the NXT, some of the talent has begun to move over to the main roster now. We had four names, I mean, more plus, like maybe 10 with the other six that were announced that have made the leap. How do you think uh, WWE is handling the uh, bridge between NXT and the main roster with talent? So interesting because DIY comes back together. Uh, Aleister Black and Ricochet come up in one night, and it happens to be in Lafayette, Louisiana. And it, it, feel, it felt as if none of them had a clue who any of the NXT wrestlers were. So it wasn't as, you know, grand as I would have imagined for especially those four, such talented groups, uh, such a talented couple groups of men there. It's just, I think the way it's handled, because then you look at a lot of the guys who've called up, been called up earlier and it hasn't worked out as much. I'm honestly not sure about how the back end of it all goes and the storylines and building up this and building an angle here and doing all that stuff. I just know that the people that are getting called up from NXT right now are so damn talented in the ring that no matter whenever they get in there, no matter where they're at, it's going to be entertaining. And I would assume the people that are the best in the business that making re- wrestling stories and wrestling angles, they'll be able to take care of them. But hasn't always been the case in the past. And I'll kind of be excited to see where it all fits in. Yeah. And uh, I guess my last question here, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up by saying, you know, you mentioned AEW earlier. Um, you know, with the launch of AEW, I think NXT is probably the product most com- in WWE right now. They're probably most comparable to you know what AEW looks to be shaping up as. Do you think a how do you think AEW coexists in the pro wrestling landscape with WWE? And do you see NXT as WWE's kind of ace in the hole when it comes to trying to you know compete with what could be you know the AEW product here? I have no clue, honestly. I think AEW. More wrestling as a fan is good, especially now that I'm watching more and more stuff. I think there's so many talented professional wrestlers out there right now, both in the indies and then, you know, coming through the TV. I think there's so much talent that more options is always a good thing. I I think it's very hard to say that anybody's going to be able to compete with the WWE. I mean, I, I just think it's going to be difficult to do that. I think that's just like the AAFL or the XFL attempting to compete with the NFL for right out the gate. I've been so incredibly impressed by the social media and online push that they've had. Like as a person who does my business is literally a social media business. Watching what AEW has been able to do on social media, I think is impressive. I think the amount of interest they've been able to garner is impressive. I think being able to sell out arenas, is incredible, but I mean, WWE is at the top of the mountain for a reason. So I think it's great for fans. I think it's great for professional wrestlers, but I think saying that they're going to compete with the WWE is a, a wild, wild amount of pressure to be putting on AEW uh, whenever they haven't even gone on TV yet. Uh, and Pat, I will wrap it there. Uh, Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee, thank you. I'll say it like Hey! Soon. Yeah, right. Uh, I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me. I want to thank Natural Light uh, for setting this up uh, again. Uh, Natty Light is introducing Natterdays. Uh, it's, a seas- it's a seasonable light lager brewed with a phenomenal strawberry lemonade flavor. I think that you really got 
the feel earlier in the interview when Pat and I were singing OAR and talking about playing beer pong and throwing bags of, you know, where this will fit best into your life. Do you want to uh, close up here by saying anything else about Natty Light and the relationship you've uh, forged with him here as you guys uh, prep to launch Natterdays? Listen, it's an honor. Natterdays is already available. Go ahead and enjoy the hell out of that. It was an honor to chat with you. It's an honor to represent the Flamingo Natterday. And uh, let's have a good time. Cheers, man. Thanks for having me. At this time, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show the man who will take on Jay Lethal for the ROH World Championship next Friday, March 15th at Ring of Honor's 17th anniversary. It'll air live on pay-per-view and stream for Honor Club VIPs. It is Matt Taven. Matt, welcome back to the Winkley. Hey, it's nice to be back, but uh, it's the real Ring of Honor world champion, Matt Taven. Oh, I I, I didn't know. I mean, I knew that, I I mean, I know your title, you know, got trashed by Jay and everything, so I didn't know if you were still going to. I mean, title or or, or not, it doesn't change the fact that I'm the actual world champion. I don't believe so. Well, and let's take people back here for a moment as we get ready for this bout. Um, You have a lot of history with Jay Lethal over the uh, ROH world title. I mean, dating back to your four-corner survival match uh, last year when, uh, you know, Jay took the title, captured the title, and uh, you felt wronged like you had actually won that match. Do you want to make your case for everybody out there listening that may not know? Well, I mean, all you have to do is go back and watch the match. I, I, I pinned Dalton Castle for an eight count right in the middle of the ring. The referee, for no apparent reason, is checking on Jay Lethal, who I believe, you know, is, is purposely distracting the referee. And, you know, Jay Lethal wants to say he's a man of his word. He's this franchise player. He's just this all-around great guy. And if he is any man that he says he is, after watching that, the replay of that match, he should have walked up to me and handed me the ROH title or, you know, at least offered me a world title shot. But he did none of that because he knows that Matt Taven is the true Ring of Honor world champion. Now, at the recent uh, ROH International tapings in Lakeland, Florida, you know, I brought up that Jay – uh, destroyed your title, but I feel like you provoked him into that when you, you know, spit on, you know, his ROH uh, World Championship. Uh, do you cross? Did you do you feel like you crossed the line there? Do you, do you think you maybe took that too far? Not at all. I mean, the title that Jay was carrying around was meaningless, and just for all the reasons I just stated, you know, he's going to walk around and call himself the champion. Like, what a fraud! So I did exactly, you know, what I should have done, and and that's how I felt about that title. That title was garbage. Um, you know, if you win. The ROH, if when you win the ROH world title uh, at Thank 17th, you. at 17th anniversary, um, you know that that the real world title you carried around. I'm not gonna lie, I really liked the purple leather strap. I mean, are you gonna plan on? Are you gonna put your your leather strap back on the uh, the ROH title that the Jay's carrying around? I mean, I can tell you this much: I'm not gonna carry around that same piece of tin that Jay Lethal's been allowed to carry around for you know the last. It feels like forever, but the last eight months or so. Um, so uh, it's definitely due for an upgrade once I capture that title. Um, now, you know, if, when you become the ROH world champion, you know, one of the things that's been happening right now in wrestling is the idea that champions do not have to give automatic rematches to the title, uh, to the former champion. Do you, do you plan on giving Jay a rematch or are you around the idea that maybe he doesn't necessarily deserve one, even if he, he loses the bout to you? You know, I, I sat on a pedestal for a year talking about a conspiracy where we didn't get our championship rematch uh, as the kingdom uh, for the six-man titles in Ring of Honor. And, and I would be, you know, a, a hypocrite and you know, making everything that I've ever said uh, false 
if I wasn't a man of my word and lived up to the time-honored tradition of giving a man a championship rematch, I have no problem facing Jay Lethal. I've faced Jay Lethal more times than I can count. And I think my my record probably speaks for, for itself against Jay Lethal. So I have no problem whatsoever giving Jay Lethal the shot that he deserves, just like he should have gave me the shot that I deserved. Um, you know, you... Uh... You're gonna if you win this title here. If when you win this title, um, you will be the champion most likely going into the you know G1 special at Madison Square Garden. If not Jay Lethal, who else do you think would be deserving of an ROH World Championship shot right now? Uh, I mean, no one really comes to mind after all the hard work and every, after everything that I've been through. But uh, you know, a lot of things are, are coming up as far as Vegas and the following day, the TV tapings, and also we have Baltimore before then. So I'm yeah. sure things will shape up a little bit more. I really can't look forward to Madison Square Garden too much because uh, Vegas is right around the corner, and that's where my mind has to be right now. Yeah, that's right. You guys are going to be at Sam's Town uh, in Vegas next uh, for your for your next TV tapings. You know how how are Vinny? And TK uh, taking this. I mean, you're so forefront right now in the kingdom with the quest to take the title. Um, are they? Do they feel left behind? Are they looking for tag gold? Would they prefer to be back in the six man tag picture? I mean, what's their mentality at right now? I mean, right now we are the Ring of Honor six man tag oh, team right. champions, that's and right. we defend those with pride. Yeah, right. And uh, we're a unit, and we're a group, and we've been this group that hasn't broken up or hasn't even even thought about uh, a split in three-plus years. So, you know, we're as legit as it gets, and we're a true team that looks out for each other. And, uh, you know, we're proud of one another. We want each other to succeed. So they're on the same page that I am. They're looking forward to Vegas as well. Now, looking ahead, uh, I know you say you don't want to look ahead to Madison Square Garden, understandably, because there is more stuff uh, to come before that. Uh, But we are about a month out now, and the wrestling world is, you know, really on fire about what's going to be happening here uh, in early April in New York. You know, this is a co-production with or co-event with you with Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, do you think mm-hmm. the ROH Championship should close that show, or do you think that New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, should take the honors? I mean, I have every intention of winning the ROH Championship uh, in Vegas and heading into that show as the champion. So, of course, I think that I should be the last man to, to enter Madison Square Garden that night. Where, what do you see? Where do you see the ROH New Japan Pro Pro, uh, Pro Wrestling relationship uh, going beyond Madison Square Garden? Have you heard any talk about you know more Global Wars events or possibly you know taking a trip over to Japan? Anything like that? Well, I believe it's been announced that the uh, War of the Worlds uh, will be coming in May uh, again, and you know after just coming back from the Honor Rising shows, and then obviously with Madison Square Garden coming. Uh, it seems like the relationship between New Japan and, and Ring of Honor is stronger than ever. Um, and I believe that they have every intention of continuing the tradition that they've uh, had in place so far. And uh, that that tour in May, you know, four dates throughout, I believe, like the into Toronto and then back into the Midwest uh, should be full of New Japan talent. And it's always fun when. ROH and New Japan talent get to go head to head like that. Yeah, you know it is. It's such a vibrant time right now for wrestling, and I love the the makeup of the Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, rosters at the moment. It's it's cool because Ring of Honor has had such an influx in new talent uh, in the past couple months. Has there been any any new talent, any lifeblood, so to speak, that has caught your eye and really stepped up in your eyes? Well, I mean, Lifeblood definitely caught my eye when they had to run security for Jay Lethal as he destroyed the most prestigious title that Ring of Honor has ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
you know, that's, that's someone that's, you know, they'll, they'll get theirs in due time, but, uh, you know, you gotta put a pin in guys like Mark Haskins and, and, you know, you, you see obviously Juice Robinson, who I'm familiar with, um, from all over the place, but to see him and ring of honor more, you know, that once you win the titles, you're going to have numerous contenders and the banditos of the world and Roosh, we go back to Mexico as well. So there's, there's a fresh crop of talent, uh, in ring of honor that, you know, really can't be in the forefront of my mind right now because I have Jay Lethal, but definitely has to be in the back of my mind somewhere. What do you think of the decision for all these lifeblood guys to get together and form a stable? I feel like, you know, any one of those guys could stand on their own and probably, you know, and be big stars without a group. I mean, it seems like they were too cowardice to come in to Ring of Honor with no backup. And, you know, a man like myself, um, who, you know, has a, a nice little crew always by my side, but it doesn't allow them to stick their nose in other people's business. So I think they showed who they, the kind of people they truly are when they helped out Jay Lethal and uh, had his back. And, and this is something that had nothing to do with them. Like, I don't, I don't even understand, you know, where Lifeblood gets off. I, I don't understand them in the first place, but where they get off being security for Jay Lethal and holding the kingdom back from getting their property uh, – seems like something that's completely out of line yeah and i mean i would guess that the kingdom here you know you guys are going to be targeting lifeblood going forward i mean there's a lot of guys in there i could see you guys going to war uh, in many different ways over the coming months well i believe it's just been announced for vegas as well that Vinny and tk are taking on uh tracy and mark uh from lifeblood at the at the pay-per-view very cool um, well, uh, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta bring up here now, um, you know, as we go into G1, we talk the garden here a little bit. Um, when I was reading the, the announcement of, uh, festival of honor, uh, I, mm-hmm. I immediately, my eye was caught by something called Matt Taven's arm wrestle kingdom. Now, yes. anyone, yes. Who, anyone who knows me, I, I used to be the touring MC and commentator for the world arm wrestling league. Uh, why, why are you hosting Matt Taven's Arm Wrestle Kingdom. What was the impetus for this? Well, you know, I wasn't sure what, what kind of competition we would be having, but in my mind, when it was first delivered to me, I, I was just hoping that I could host an event where fans could come in and really embarrass themselves for the Melvins they are um, and, and show that they, they might be able to talk or type or, you know, state their opinion in numerous amount of ways, but they could never back up the words they say. Uh, so that really kind of sparked my interest. And now it's turned into this big thing. And now it's just, you know, if you're going to have a marquee event the day before Madison Square Garden, obviously you should have the most entertaining man hosting the thing, which is why Ring of Honor had to come to me and make sure that I could uh, maintain order in such a crazy event and also be the most entertaining man in the room. You know, I so are you so your per, your intention here, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Are you looking to arm wrestle fans or wrestlers? Like, what is what is going on here exactly? I I mean, the, the details are, are still to be announced. But I personally, I'm just hosting. I got a big show the next day. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not looking to really um, strain my muscles in any sort of way trying to slap around a Melbourne or two. But if I could set up some sort of confrontation where a fan maybe thinks that they're an arm wrestler and then comes in and, and, and I just berate them over the microphone, just verbally just insult them to their very core and just watch them um, as they get smothered into the into the mat, losing arm wrestling against, you know, whoever was able to step up to the stage because, you know, our fans, 
They might have big voices, but they have little arms. And so if I had any opportunity to do something like that, you know, Matt Taven would be all for it. But again, I'm not sure how things are going to work out liability-wise, insurance-wise. I just know that they need the man to really uh, hold the show together and really be a selling point so people buy tickets to it. And, of course, they had to come crawling to me. And now how big – now here's the thing, Matt. How big of an arm wrestling fan are you? How much, how much do you know about arm wrestling? Um, you know, as far as um, – watching over the top i'm mm-hmm. sure i've watched it more or at least as much as any other uh person on earth and i believe you have to watch it for over ten thousand hours to be an expert at arm wrestling it's true which i think i've surpassed it's true uh recently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's good i'm just i'm just asking because you know i've been at events and i've i've seen people break their arms at an arm wrestling table if you're not trained if you don't have good form it's very easy to get hurt that's why i say i worry a little bit because you're a big dude if you got some of these, you know, Melvin's coming to the table, you could, you know, seriously injured somebody, you know? Which is why I'm sure they're not going to allow me to do it. But oh, if I had my way. Uh, now, what about now? What about Scott Norton, legend in arm wrestling? You, you reached out to Scott. Oh, could you imagine him snapping everyone's arm? Have you reached out to Scott? I'd pay to see that. I would pay to see that, too. That's why I say you've you reached out to Scott. You, you interested in bringing in some big guns? I mean, uh, if I could, you know, maybe put some money on the side, maybe put it all on Scott Norton. If people are taking any bets like that, I could definitely get into some side action if Scott Norton was able to uh, to show up for for the day before Madison Square. I mean, who wouldn't want to see that guy? You ever see his forearm? Dude, he's like Popeye still. Dude, forearms, four biceps, man. You can you can hug. Him. I know. Hug biceps like they're. I people. know. I haven't even got to the biceps yet. I'm still Ugh. scared of his forearms. Oh, it's true. Yeah, the, the forearms popping, biceps popping. He's a big man. Now, um, with my now, here's what's here's what's so beautiful about this, Matt. You are passionate. You want to you want to do this arm wrestling event. I'm passionate about arm wrestling, so I reached out to to WAL, the World Arm Wrestling League, the premier arm wrestling league in the world on ESPN Bleacher mm-hmm. Report Live, and they are now going to be the official sponsor for Matt Taven, Matt Taven's Arm Wrestle Kingdom. I guess I'll be there in like a a suit making sure nobody gets hurt or, or everything's announced correctly or, or not, but or whatever. But this is a big deal. I don't think a lot of people know how big the the community for arm wrestling is. And to be able to bring the World Arm Wrestling League and Ring of Honor together with, with you right in the middle, I mean, this is shaping up to be a, a, one of the premier events, I think, of WrestleMania weekend. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, this is going to be one of those events that people are going to be talking about. And, uh, you know, you're going to see videos on, on the Internet of and. People are going to say, you missed it, so don't be one of those Melvins. Don't miss it. Yeah. Show everyone that you get it and be there uh, the day before we tear down Madison Square Garden. And, uh, you know, the fact that you were able to, to swing that, I can't appreciate that enough. But now, you know, now we've we got some steam behind it. It's, it's, a, it's getting a little more official. Yep. Getting a little more crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not really sure what to expect. Uh, and now you got my mind flowing thinking of Scott Norton. Yep. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, it, it could be one of the, the events that everyone walked away at WrestleMania weekend uh, talking about. It's it's interesting, too, because a lot of people probably don't know World Arm Wrestling League is owned by Turner. It's under the, the Bleacher Report Live or it's under the Bleacher Report Live umbrella. This is really a marriage here between uh, Turner and Sinclair Broadcasting coming together to do this event. And I don't know that those two entities have really done anything on any level. I just thought that was another cool thing to, to point out. You know, Gary Juster, he's like the, if this was a... Um, 
um, what a Venn diagram. That's the one with the two circles, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He would be the one in the middle there. He's, you know, he's, he's the connecting bridge. So, you know, yeah. maybe Gary was the middleman. I'm not sure. Well, I, I, he used to have a mustache when he works for Turner. So maybe they don't recognize him anymore. <laughs> Um, well, talking about uh, the garden, you know, we brought up uh, Scott Norton. There's another guy I wanted to get your take on um, who's uh, had a bit of a resurgence uh, from the time. You know, he's from around the, the days of Scott Norton as well, and that's PCO. Uh, we haven't talked in a bit. It's been a couple months. How, how do you think PCO has adapted to the uh, very intense ROH style and uh, touring schedule? I mean, I, I don't know if he has adapted. He's a lunatic. <laughs> He's an absolute madman. It's like, true. every time I see him, I, I think this is going to be the last time. And somehow, you know, like Frankenstein, he, he continues to keep ticking. So it, it looks like in in Vegas uh, at the TV tapings, it's Villain Enterprises versus the Kingdom. And, I mean, it looks like we're just going to have to take out this guy by any means necessary, put him through, I don't know, like the stage or something, because this guy's he's, a, he's an absolute madman. What you got? What do you need to do is have Vinny take the axe to his chest. Yeah, put it right through his head. No, yeah. well, I mean, like, we mm-hmm. just got to make sure. We got to, like, put a stake right through his heart, because this guy is, like, coming up back from everything, and he's um, it's a little bit terrifying. Uh, at the same time, you got to believe, like, oh, he can't keep this up forever. We'll just keep trying to destroy him. <laughs> He's got a car battery for a heart. You can't take out his heart. I think his heart's been replaced with a car battery by Destro. Oh, my God. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to do with him. Maybe it has to be the axe right, right down the center of the skull. Yeah. You know, maybe you just have to, like, really put one between his eyes. I'm not sure. This guy uh, is an absolute lunatic. Now there, uh, you know, while I got you here, uh, there was something else I wanted to ask you about. There's a couple guys that just became uh, free agents on the scene: uh, Hideo Itami, T.J. Perkins, Ty Dillinger, and uh, soon here uh, Johnny Moxley. Dean Ambrose looks to be a free agent as well. Are these talents you'd like to see in Ring of Honor, or are there any of those names I just listed that you'd be interested in tangoing with? I mean, every single one of them, you know, are, are guys that I'm sure Ring of Honor fans and, and Ring of Honor officials would love to have. Uh, mixed in with their talent pool, and uh, obviously for a fresh match matchup and something new, and especially with uh, all those guys who have made such a name for themselves and are fantastic talents, would would be exciting. And you always want to push yourself to be the best competitor uh, that you know that you say you are and that you believe you are. And the only way to do that is to continue to test yourself against different and, and new talents. And uh, I would love to see any of those guys in the locker room and and you know if it's on the other side of the ring one day hey i'd be all for that as well man johnny moxley versus matt taven that certainly has a nice ring to it doesn't it hey i mean um if mox goes back to that name that would that would be fantastic on a graphic huh yeah i don't think they i don't think he could leave and keep the dean name right i think he'd go back to being moxley I mean, I would just say, I, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't want to speak for the guy. I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Sorry. That was my bad. I, I'm jumping to conclusions here. Uh, lastly here, uh, I'll, I'll close on saying, you know, I got to I gotta ask you, uh, you know, Cody and the Bucks, they, they left Ring of Honor to start their own thing. Um, it's been a little while since we've talked, since the uh, the launch of AEW here. Do you feel like the, the void of those guys leaving has comfortably been filled and you're, uh, you know, uh, starting to build new stars and, and create a, a fresh uh, you know, fresher Ring of Honor here in their wake? Well, I think if you watch the first couple of shows of the new year, and especially as, as new guys have 
come onto the scene and into the roster and locker room, I, I think that the shows speak for themselves and mm-hmm. that the matches have spoken for themselves. And um, I, I think that Ring of Honor fans that have been following Ring of Honor are, are going to see guys that they're into and, and guys that will keep them watching the product. And I think Ring of Honor has done a great job of keeping the talent fresh and making sure that they have their fingers on the pulse of, of what talents could step in and really fit into the Ring of Honor locker room. And, uh, you know, right now I think it's a really cool time for Ring of Honor. A lot of moving parts and a lot of guys um, showing up for the first time and a lot of fresh fresh matchups. And I think, you know, as a wrestling fan, that's, that's something that you're always looking for. So right now is a, a fantastic time to be a Ring of Honor fan. Now, would you like to see ROH work with AEW? I mean, it sounds like the New Japan pro, pro wrestling relationship is going to continue on through 2019. Or do you would do you think that AEW should kind of stand on its own? I mean, I, I really that's that's beyond my pay grade. I mean, if someone wants to make me in charge of business decisions, then I would speak on that. But uh, <laughs> you know, I hope the best for for all, all companies. I mean, competition's always what makes wrestling the best. And you look to any of the golden eras of more than uh, a couple companies kicking around and everyone's really pushing each the other one to, to bring out their best. And I, I, I hope for everyone in wrestling to always be uh, doing great things. So Absolutely. hopefully everything works out for all companies. Absolutely. All right. Well, Matt, hey, I want to thank you so much uh, for catching up, taking the time to talk with me here again. Uh, Matt taking on Jay Lethal for the, uh, well, the, I'm sorry. He's taking the real ROH world champion, Matt Taven, thank is you. taking on Jay Lethal. So would this be a unification match? Do you, do you continue to call yourself the real ROH world champion when you beat Jay Lethal? I mean, I, I continue to call myself the real Ring of Honor world champion, but Ring of Honor world champion, whatever I please. I just want to take that label away from Jay Lethal in his mind and in the Ring of Honor official's mind as well. Thank you, uh, Michael, for the time at the top of the show talking all the news. Thank you to Pat McAfee. Thank you to Matt Taven. What a jam-packed show to start uh, the week off with the Winkley. We are going to be back tomorrow. Uh, i got two interviews. Uh, now, here's the thing. Okay, go ahead. No, were you trying to cut me off or no? Hmm. No. Nope, not me. It wasn't me. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe I heard a ghost in the headphones. <laughs> uh, I got two interviews to drop tomorrow. The first one is going to be an inter- interview uh, with Mega Ran, uh, the, the hip-hop star Mega Ran. Uh, Scott Fishman uh, did an interview with uh, Mega Ran, so we'll have that on tomorrow. And I am sitting down this afternoon to record this, and I don't typically uh, advertise interviews before I have them in the tank, but I'm, I know this one's going to happen. Uh, tomorrow on the show, we're going to have an interview with Christian, a.k.a. Jay Resso. Tomorrow night is the season finale of his show, Night Fight, on History Channel. Um, he was also just on the TakeOver panel uh, this past uh, Sunday night. So uh, we'll have Christian and Mega Ran on the show tomorrow. Another huge show, Mike. Nice. I, I love the get there with Christian. He's one of my all-time favorites. So, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Maybe he was the ghost in my headphones. <laughs> it was. That was It was him. He was trying to get in early today. Don't forget Dick to Osmond. Plug, plug Night Fight season finale. Are you a peep? Um, peep. Now... Uh, we also, this Friday night, I will be uh, doing commentary alongside Rich Bikini for Warrior Wrestling here in Chicago, headlined by SCU uh, versus OVE. It's a jam-packed show. Uh, Brian Cage is putting his uh, Warrior Wrestling World Championship on the line in a fatal four-way match against all three members of the Rascals. So it's going to be a literally three 
uh, dogs on a one-legged cat or whatever Jim Ross's phrase was. All these guys tackling Brian Cage and throwing them all over the place. It's going to be ridiculous. Pack of dogs on a three-legged cat. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. the man, that guy had some expression. There was some big news about Warrior Wrestling just a couple of days ago. Did I see that somewhere? What was the news? What did you see? I don't remember now. I'd have to go find it. That, okay, thanks, buddy. All the right. teaser. Okay. The teaser. Like Tune in next week. Thanks, buddy. Uh, oh, no, they're doing a big ticket giveaway. They're giving away two uh, VIP floor seat tickets to AEW's Double or Nothing. And everybody who buys a ticket to Warrior Wrestling, Warrior Wrestling is um, run by Marion Catholic High School's um, uh, Steve. Principal Steve, I won't say his full name. I don't know how much he wants to get into the, the, the waters of pro wrestling. But they do them as, these are school fundraisers. They've made over $20,000 for scholarships for their students hosting these big, big budget wrestling shows. They're very, very well done. And yes, everybody who gets uh, buys a ticket to Warrior Wrestling this Friday uh, will get a raffle ticket to possibly win two VIP floor seat. I think they're like front row. They're like the most expensive tickets you can get to double or nothing. Um, and it's going to be great. And I know Cody put that over. That's probably why you saw Warrior, yep. recently, Warrior Wrestling yep. recently. So I'll find some other news to plug next week that I don't know about. So there you go. <laughs> there we go. All right, Michael, where would you like to send people to find you? Follow you all those great things. Best way to do it, as every week, just follow me on Twitter. I am at the Real Wiseman. And again, if you like pictures of my dogs, cats, flowers, whatever I can find, I am on Instagram as well. It is Wiseman.ma. All right, guys. And I'm Nick Hausman at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you listen tomorrow. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it.